Welcome to Nale Yoga, the podcast with yoga nidra journeys for deep rest and more. I'm Ruthie Eisenberg, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Today, I'm joined for a conversation by Rachel Dick. She's a nurse, a holistic wellness coach, a writer, an inspirational speaker, a beautiful soul, and among many other things, a longtime yoga nidra practitioner. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I hope that you and I can all learn a thing or two from her. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Ruthie. I'm so excited to be having this conversation. Yeah, see. So maybe we can just kick this conversation off with a um, little bit of introduction, you know, who you are and maybe how how we know each other. <laughs> yeah. How we came to the journey of Yoga Nidra. Totally. Okay, perfect. So yeah, so my name is Rachel. I live in Los Angeles. Um, Ruthie, you and I have known each other a while. I've been reflecting on our friendship. So we've been friends since 2009. And I remember because I moved to California on 999, September 9, 2009. And I remember the first time I met you, actually. Um, it was on, in synagogue on the high holidays in yeah. Palo Alto. We were both very young, I would say probably a little bit overwhelmed, both very newly married, both our husbands were doing PhDs at Stanford. And it was like an instant connection. It was like, okay, like we just, we're in a very similar stage in life. Um, and so yeah, I'd say we've been friends for a while for looks like we've been friends almost 15 years. So I live in Los Angeles. Um, Ruthie and I have kept our friendship up the last two years, we actually moved to Palo Alto the same week. And we've kept in touch and it's just been so awesome to watch your journey and to just like connect and just see where we're at and just kind of like keep this, keep this friendship alive. So yeah, I'm a nurse and I'm a coach. I'm a holistic uh, nurse coach. And I basically bring some of my nursing background, my nursing skills to uh, the field of coaching and I love to coach people around creativity and self-expression. Um, when I found out that you were doing a yoga nidra certification, I was very, very excited um, because I have a little bit of, ex I wouldn't consider myself an expert on yoga nidra, but I have a little bit of experience with yoga nidra. When I was still working night shift, I discovered yoga nidra on Inside Timer. And it was a period in my life where I was working I was traveling for work. And so I was working like five or six night shifts in a row. It was very intensive. Sometimes I was working double. So that's like for the non-nurses listening, that's like 16 hours straight. Sometimes I would work back to back to back night shifts. And so I was very sleep deprived for a short period of time. And then I would take three weeks off to kind of recover from that crazy schedule. But during those six shifts, I needed like tools to help me just function and survive and not very much sleep. And so I discovered yoga nidra on insight timer. And what I would do was on my break, sometimes I would get 30 minutes for break. Sometimes I would get 60 minutes for a break, but I would go into an empty patient room and I would put on earphones and I would just put on a yoga nidra guided meditation. And it was 
incredible. I would open my eyes after a 30 minute or a 60 minute guided meditation. And it felt like I had just taken like a six hour nap. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. And it just, it got me through those night shifts. It just was such a powerful tool to sleep without sleeping. Um, and then interestingly enough, I also discovered that yoga nidra has a huge impact on creativity. I was listening to a podcast and he was talking about how it's one of the only evidence-based tools that we know of that actually boosts creativity. And that got me really excited too, because a lot of what I coach around is expanding creativity and healing through the power of, of writing and expressing yourself and finding your voice and being creative. And so um, yeah, I was just so excited when I discovered that you started this podcast and I've, I've been listening to a lot of your recordings and um, everything that you're doing with Yoga Nidra. And it's just been really, really cool to find this shared interest. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, and I, I think your story also speaks to we live in such a sleep deprived kind of time right now. We live in a pretty sleep deprived world. And there's I'm sure there's a lot of people who can resonate with, you know, with sleep deprivation, whether it's work, night workers, shift workers, you know, new parents with little babies at home. And I, I think most people in life go through some phases where sleep is not something to be taken for granted. And I love what you're saying, how sometimes you had pretty short breaks, 30 minute breaks, but you would feel after the yoga nidra, like it was like a six hour worth of rest, which makes perfect sense because the rest that you get during yoga nidra is exponentially worth more than regular sleep so you know like 30 minutes of yoga nidra practice is equivalent to two hours of regular sleep and the reason for that is because you get into these theta and delta brainwave states which you know during regular sleep you might also get into those brainwave states but during yoga nidra, time becomes kind of distorted and the perception of time becomes kind of warped. Time actually stops existing in a yoga nidra state. It's an altered state of consciousness. So when a person is access these um, deeper theta and delta brainwave states, then that's when the body can really relax. And that's when that deep restoration and cellular reparation happens of every single system in your body. And I love what you're saying about yoga nidra being a gateway to creativity uh, because creativity happens during those that are brainwave states. So that's the brainwave state of our dreams. And dreams is when things are beyond that analytical brain, right? So Things might be distorted. Things are symbolic. Things are, um, you know, more than what meets the eye. They're they're veiled and they're shrouded in symbol, all kinds of symbolism. Um, they're kind of they, they morph, they change shape. So so it's very cool that you're able to really harness the power of yoga nidra to unlock some of that creativity. And I wonder if you could maybe share a little bit more about, you know, your creative journey and 
maybe how through the yoga nidra or through other tools in addition to the yoga nidra, how you know your creative journey unfolded. Yeah, for sure. So I would say yoga nidra is definitely one tool in a very large toolbox of self-help <laughs> tools that I use. Um, I love yoga nidra. It's interesting because recently when I've been doing yoga nidra, I've had a lot of thoughts around like, am I doing it right? So to speak, because my experience lately when I do yoga nidra has been very different than my experience in the early days when I was doing yoga nidra, when I would say some of those experiences were more, and I'm going to put air quotes here, like powerful, like I would go into more of these like trance like states. And then recently when I do yoga nidra, I've done, I've done a few yoga nidra sessions recently. And I notice I'm in a very busy time in my life. And so I notice a lot of the yoga nidra session is honestly just focused on like settling my mind. It's like my inner voice is so loud. And so I'm not necessarily going into those like powerful trance states. I have no idea what my fMRI would show if I'm getting into theta brain waves or not. Um, but it's just interesting. Like, I think it's still powerful, even though I'm maybe not attaining those trance like states that I used to attain when I was doing yoga nidra, when I was working night shift. So that's just like an interesting little observation that I've had around my own yoga nidra practice. Um, so yeah, so I love creativity. Um, I've always been a very creative person. I've always loved art and I loved acting as a child. I loved expressing myself but I always felt a little bit blocked. I always felt like um, almost like this push pull, like one part of me wanted to be on stage, singing, dancing, acting. And then another part of me felt shut down and shy. And like, I wanted to just be small. And these two parts of me always kind of pulled on me. And then it, when it came time for me to choose a profession, I think I came from a very practical perspective. I decided to become a nurse. I know that I love people. I love biology. Um, this would be a way to help people. And also just it's a type of job that doesn't take a lot of schooling to get to a place where you could be making a decent amount of money and supporting your family. So those were all the considerations that I plugged into when I decided to become a nurse. Um, and I love nursing. I love being a nurse. I love helping people. I love what I've been able to do over the last um, 13, 14 years that I've been a nurse. Um, but I sort of had this kind of awakening a couple of years ago when I had an incident at work where I was punished for something that I said. Um, it wasn't the first time that this happened. Like I, I had a lot of opinions at work. I was a union rep. I was often advocating for people and representing people. Um, but this was a situation that was very, um, I almost lost my job. I, I was told that I was a bad person. I had to sit through all these meetings. And this was just me expressing myself and sharing my opinion. And I felt like I was punished for it. And it was a big wake up call for me. It really made me realize like, wow, like I have given my heart and soul to this job for almost a decade. And here I am being punished for just saying my truth for just wanting to help people for just wanting to advocate. And I was like, wow, it just, when it happened, it was one of the most traumatic things that ever happened to me. But in retrospect, it's very clear that that was, um, that unfolded for me. Like that was a, that was a situation where I got my wake up call and I realized 
I want to be a nurse. I want to help people in a way where I can say what I want to say, where I can express myself, where I can share my voice, where I can be open, honest, vulnerable, and not be worried. Oh my God, am I going to lose my job for this? Am I going to piss someone off? Is there some executive sitting in an office, like, you know, not approving of what I'm saying? And so I started this journey to becoming a board certified holistic nurse coach, which is a specialty within nursing where you're essentially a life coach, but it's under your nursing license and you get to help people in a holistic way. And what I discovered was there were so many nurses and people in the medical field, like I'll expand that to just the helpers, right? I mean, this includes teachers and social workers and therapists and nursing assistants and dental hygienists and people in the helping profession, there were so many people that had chosen their profession, but had left behind a creative dream or had left behind a creative pursuit. I kept meeting people who were like, oh, you know, I majored in dance in college, but then I had to get practical. So I went to nursing school or I used to be really, really passionate about painting. And I kind of, I don't really do that anymore. Now it's all about work, work, work. Um, And I kept meeting people like that. And I was like, wow, like this is my story, but this is a story that so many people have. And it's just got me thinking about how can we use creativity as a medicine? Like, how can we use creativity to heal? Like I thought of all these nurses who um, were doing such amazing things for other people, right? They were showing up to work. They were working. I mean, working night shifts is really hard. Um, Taking care of people, working under really stressful situations, not always with the best support. Um, And we're leaving a piece of themselves behind, right? And I thought, like, how can I bring this full circle? And so I developed a program to help um, nurses, although I've expanded this program to really help anyone to access their own creativity through the power of writing. And a lot of a lot of what I teach and what what I do in my coaching programs is based on The Artist's Way, which is a beautiful book by Julia Cameron, and it talks all about the power of creative recovery how so many of us in today's society are so much living in our left logic brain. Um, We are all about figuring out problems. We are all about science and math. And and all of that is super important. I mean, we can't build bridges without like that part of our brain. But many of us neglect um, the right side of our brain, which is that creative, flowy, a little bit harder to quantify part of our brain. Um, And so it's almost like we're living half a life. And so I have helped so many nurses and other people just get back to their roots, become more creative. You know, I coached a woman who she's in her 60s and she's like, I haven't written poetry since college. You know, she used to write this beautiful poetry. And through my program, she was like dusting off these old poems. She's revising them. And just going back to this more playful, expressive side of herself. A lot of what I do in my programs is encourage people to um, go on dates with themselves, do more fun things. Um, Last month, I took an improv class, which is one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done. But it was like, I was like, look, my 10-year-old daughter was taking a musical theater class and she was having the time of her life. And I just saw myself in her. And I was like, wait a second, like, I always wanted to take musical theater dance all of that when I was a kid and it just wasn't available to me and I was still telling myself this story from when I was a 10 year old girl that like oh you don't get to go to a drama class even though you want to you don't get to and I was like wait a second like I can if I want to like why am I telling myself this story and I just ripped off the band-aid it was so uncomfortable and I put myself in an improv class and 
it was so expansive. It was so uncomfortable, but so expansive. I mean, in improv class, like you are just making things up. You're being silly. You're saying stupid things. You're making a fool of yourself in front of a group of people. And you're just doing it over and over and over again until you realize like, nobody cares. Like we're here to have fun. And, and there was a presentation at the end and my family came and it was so funny and it was so fun. And I felt like a little girl again. And I was like, this is what healing through creativity looks like. It's like doing things that are uncomfortable and realizing like, why are we avoiding those things? Why are we avoiding picking up the paintbrush? Why are we avoiding writing poetry or, or joining an acting class or going to a store and just smelling the scented candles or just why are we avoiding these types of behaviors? Because we've locked ourselves into what society tells us that we need to be, which is serious all the time and working and producing and, and productive. Um, and so it's a journey. Like I'm still on this journey. It's still something I'm unraveling. It's still something I'm learning, but I'm just such a believer in creativity and what it has to teach us and how we can heal. And you're someone, Ruthie, that inspires me on this front. I have on my billboard, I'm looking at right now, a couple of drawings that you gifted me. Um, you're just such a beautiful artist. And I remember I used to come to your house like back in the day and you had, you, you would paint and you would draw and you would use your artistic side. And I thought, oh my God, like you can still do that as an adult, you know? And just so like, it's just, um, sometimes we think like, oh, we grow up and we have to get all serious. And it's like, no, like we have to keep being creative and allowing ourselves to play and allowing our inner child to, to come out. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about my my philosophy on creativity, my creativity journey, and just um, how I got to where I am today. Wow, thank you for sharing that. That really, that was just beautiful and just really resonates, you know. So it's so funny that you mentioned the, the painting, right? It's something that I used to, you know, have a lot of space in my life for creativity, and I went to an art high school. Art, along with psychology, was one of the things I studied in college. I used to do ceramics, right? So there were so many creative outlets in my life. And then I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> when I became a mom, it was like, oh, wait, you don't have time to go to a pottery studio anymore. You have to, you know, be available for, for these babies. And it was just like one thing after the next, right? Oh, now in your house, all of this space is taken up for, you know, for your kids. There's no space or time for your art supplies. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of like life and the responsibilities uh, and that seriousness of life just kind of like slowly like chipped away at the creativity and just layered it up until it became so dormant. And, you know, the, the creativity was always there, but there was a time in my life for, I don't know, a number of years where all the clothes in my closet were just like gray, navy blue, <laughs> you know, like black, dark brown. Yes. <laughs> it was just kind of this reflection of like how I was living on this straight and narrow path and just like doing my responsibilities and being all serious. And the seriousness really made me forget color in my life. And you know, you you were one of the people that always kind of supported and inspired me creativity. I think you were actually 
you were actually the person who got me into the artist's way. And I started doing morning pages and just kind of like, okay, let's see how it goes. Um, I wasn't doing three pages every day. It was, you know, not so consistent, but I was trying to do my best with doing three pages, you know, at some point during the day, you know, almost every day and just kind of see where it went. And actually the morning pages led to this podcast. They led to inspiration for this podcast because at the same time, I was also finishing up a yoga nidra teacher training and I was really resonating with the practice it was really helping me to regulate my nervous system and compensate for you know all the late nights I spent working and one thing that was missing from a lot of the yoga nidras that I did was that I wasn't really able to find a yoga nidra that was specifically sensitive to the Jewish culture because I'm Jewish and you're Jewish. There's a pretty big Jewish community out there. There were a lot of other really fantastic yoga nidras that I really enjoyed, but I really wanted to like bridge the Jewish identity and the yoga path. And so through the morning pages, it kind of led me to, you know, writing some of my first scripts that I then was like, okay, let me just record these and I'll send them to friends or send them to clients based on their situations. And it was like one thing kind of evolved into another. And then I got kind of annoyed with emailing, sending MP3s over email and WhatsApp to people. (laughs) So, So I was just like, okay, let's put this on a podcast. It's time, you know, make this available to a wider audience. You know, and also have this home base for a Yoga Nidra podcast that is culturally sensitive to the Jewish population, although it's accessible for everybody. It's not, you know, exclusively Jewish, but it's in compliance with the Jewish teachings, but also very, very deferent and respectful and really rooted in the yogic teachings as well. So creativity was just unlocked because of the morning, thanks to the morning pages and thanks to some other tools and experiences and, you know, then kind of one thing, it all kind of goes together, but these cumulative effects are generative and one thing kind of led to another and just keeps going in a really positive direction. I love it. I love the cultural piece, Ruthie. I think that's such a cool part of what you're doing with this podcast, because I think a lot of people can be scared off. And it's so interesting because Andrew Huberman, I love his podcast. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah. He talks a lot about yoga nidra on his podcast, but he's come up with like a new term. He calls it non-sleep deep rest Mm -hmm. NSDR. And his, his, his intention with that, I think is to kind of make yoga nidra accessible to more people because a lot of people just get scared off maybe they think it's not for them maybe it doesn't jive with their religious or cultural beliefs um and so he's kind of like you know made it more more accessible to more people and i think you're doing something similar which is you're taking these beautiful ancient teaching teachings of yoga nidra which are not necessarily linked to a specific religion and they are really open to anyone but you're bringing it into the jewish tradition 
And finding where those two things meet and finding the overlap and bringing this beautiful practice to, to more and more people. Um, it's so cool for me to listen to your, to your uh, recordings and just be like, wow, like this jives with the Jewish stuff. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just so, it's so special and it's so amazing to just bring that to more people. So I just, I, I just want to like celebrate that. And I think it's, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like the cultural piece is just so important because yoga nidra, it really does penetrate into the subconscious mind. And, you know, and how special is it when the content, the words that are entering the subconscious mind are culturally sensitive? So, you know, you're right that a lot of people can get kind of scared off by yoga nidra it might sound like okay I don't even know what this is you know truth be told when I first heard of yoga nidra um, and there was a picture of somebody just laying down flat on their back I thought I was I really didn't know what it was at the time but I thought like oh that looks really boring it just looked like somebody laying down doing nothing (laughs) I'm not gonna click on this video (laughs) I want like a I want like an active dynamic workout. <laughs> and then you know, and then during my yoga teacher training, there was a segment on yoga nidra, and I discovered just the power and the beauty of this practice. And it like it opened my eyes. It was a total game changer. And then I realized that yoga nidra, it actually is just laying down laying down and doing nothing. Um, But while you're doing nothing, a lot is happening. And you're not in a doing state. We spend most of our waking time in a state of doing and an action state. In yoga nidra, we can switch over to a state of just being and just resting. And that is actually a state where a lot can happen. On the outside, you are just laying down and not moving. You're laying very still. But on the inside, there's so much happening. You could be experiencing hot and cold and visualizing, breathing and all kinds of memories and sensations and vibrations are showing up. It's a really rich inner world when you are experiencing that yoga nidra state. So powerful. Yeah, so it is really powerful. And I really just want to, you know, make it as accessible to, you know, a variety of people as possible and make it as inclusive as possible to to all people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love how like, and this is something else I've learned through my creative journey and Julia Cameron, it's like the more we're able to be ourselves like the more things just unfold how they're meant to and it's like I I think for myself for a long time um I resisted the cultural piece like I didn't know how to incorporate that like I didn't I wasn't I wasn't super secretive but I wasn't either maybe super open there wasn't even necessarily space for that at work in a traditional nursing job to like fully be myself and fully express and talk about my cultural background and my religious beliefs and, and, and all of that. Um, but coming into coaching and coming into holistic nursing and coming into a place where I get to really 
heal people in a more um, just dynamic, creative way, there's more space for me to be my, tr my true self and to, and not to hide pieces of myself or feel like uh, I need to be embarrassed or maybe this will make people uncomfortable. It's like, no, this is who I am. Like this, like my identity, part of my identity is like, and now in my coaching, I talk a lot about my Jewish background and I talk about Shabbat and how meaningful it is to me. And I talk about my, my grandparents being Holocaust survivors. That was something I was scared to talk about for a long time as well, because it was like, well, that makes people uncomfortable and nobody wants to go there. And I was like, you know what, the more you can step into being authentic and you can embrace all parts of you, um, you're just going to move through the world in a different way. You're just going to be so much just happier and expansive and why hide those parts of ourselves it's so interesting in my writing because I do a lot of writing with people and I help people that want to tell their story or maybe write a memoir and whenever somebody writes about the religious memories like you know I, and I, I mean from all walks of life right I coach people from all walks of life it's like you can see the group tune in and everybody says I want to hear more about that and I've experienced the same thing right like I'll talk about like writings that come to me like I'll write about my my dad ran a ski school for ultra orthodox kids in the city of Toronto like that is just such a fun interesting story in the past that was a story maybe I wouldn't have shared or it's too weird or how am I going to explain to people like what it looks like for orthodox Jewish kids to be skiing in Toronto on a Sunday afternoon but when I would write those types of stories you could just see people like that has energy those experiences have energy because everybody's been there where they felt different or they felt like an outsider or they felt like they didn't fit in because of whatever, right? Because of how they looked or yeah. because of their cultural background or because of yeah. the color of their skin or whatever it is. Everyone has experienced that in some way. And so if you're telling a story about, oh, it was, you know, like I felt different or I felt like an outsider or not even, even just telling those unique details about your cultural background, that's actually what people want to hear. And that actually has a lot of energy for people. And that really draws people in and makes people want to work with you or want to hang out with you or want to be, be your friend because you're like, oh, wow, like this person has embraced all parts of themselves. This person yeah. is very at ease talking about their cultural identity, talking about their spiritual beliefs. And um, it's just a way to make yourself more dynamic and more whole and more aligned to just go through life with expressing all parts of yourself. And so, um, yeah, I think it's awesome that you found a way to like, just, and again, like we've known each other a long time. So I think we've yeah. both kind of seen each other's journeys and see yeah. things more change and evolve. And, um, I think both of us are going through this kind of experience of like, things are starting to come together and they're starting to make sense. And, starting to understand why things happened a certain way. And just like your, this podcast is such a beautiful emblem of that. It's like bringing the yoga and the inner work that you've done and the medicine journeys that you've done and, and bringing all that together with your Jewish identity and heritage and traditions that you're so proud of and are such a big part of you and bringing that to people who it can just inspire them and change their lives. So it's, it's such, such powerful work. Yeah, thank you. Right back at you with what you're doing. Thanks, <laughs> Yeah. It is. And, you know, we live in such a shame-based world, such a shame-based culture that it's it's really unique and special, um, you know, when we can own all parts of ourselves and just be honest with ourselves first 
uh, about who we are and be willing to share those parts of ourselves with others. It's it's a beautiful thing, you know, that is that is alignment, that is, you know, that is being an integrated person. So yoga nidra definitely helps with that. <laughs> helps integrate the different parts of ourselves. It's a it's a beautiful healing practice, not just for uh not just for relaxing and restoring, but also for therapeutic purposes too, for um, you know, resolving and processing emotions that might be a little bit complicated. So it's a really safe, non-invasive way of doing that. And um you know, and I encourage, I, I love what you're doing with the writing and the morning pages and the artist's way, um, and also the work that you've done on yourself. So, um, and, you know, I think these two practices kind of go together. It's really good to like do a yoga nidra and then journal afterwards, do, yeah. you know, do your pages afterwards and let that creativity that might have been the gate uh, might have been opened during the yoga nidra practice. Let that extend into the journaling and then yeah. let that extend into your activities for the day, whatever you end up doing. So um, I know our time is coming to a close for today. So um, Rachel, maybe we can close off with any final thoughts you might have and you know, and then be sure to let people know where they can find you. And we'll also post all the links um, to your contact and all your stuff in the show. notes. Yeah, absolutely. So last thoughts, um, just write. This is something that I tell people a lot. A lot of people are scared of writing. We think it needs to look a certain way. Um, even if you read the artist's way, right, you think, oh, my God, I have to do three pages. It has to be in the morning. And because I coach so many nurses who are used to following protocols, a lot of my work revolves around letting go of those roles and making it look how you want it to look and not beating yourself up about it, not looking perfect, not looking perfect. Um, just sit down and write and see what happens when you start to reflect your inner thoughts, when you get to know yourselves better. It is such a powerful practice um, and make it your own, make it look exactly how you want it to look. Um, and then in terms of where to find me, so I mostly hang out on Facebook. I go by Rachel Dick Plonka on Facebook, P-L-O-N-K-A. I'm also on Instagram at Nurse Coach Rachel. I have a Facebook group for nurses called Nurses Who Write. If you are a nurse who's curious about writing, somatic writing, therapeutic writing, um, autobiographical writing, all that good stuff. Um, that's an amazing place to hang out. It's a very, very active Facebook group with a ton of resources. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Twitter, all the places, but mostly Facebook and Instagram is where I hang out. Um, and yeah, thanks so much, Ruthie, for having me on. This was super, super fun. I really, really appreciate it. It was so cool to, I, we talk all the time, but it was so cool to just do it in this format and just kind yeah. of like bring our magic together. So thanks totally. again for having me on the podcast. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been just a pleasure having you on and thank you for sharing your wisdom. I always learn something new every time that I talk to you and I always come away just feeling so good from being in the same space as you. <laughs> so, thank you so much for just bringing yourself and your beautiful presence here. Thank you, Ruthie. Thanks, my friend.
אוקיי, שלום. שלום.